Hello, everyone, and welcome into Maroon and Bold. Uh, I'm your sports editor and host, Austin Chastain. A pretty, pretty jam-packed episode um, on the docket here this this week. Uh, we, we've got in the Zoom call. We've got staff reporter Christian Boer and another staff reporter, special guest this week, Mitch Vosberg. Uh, we'll start with Christian. Uh, CB, how we feeling? Uh, you know. We're in February, kind of making that home stretch turn to uh, to March, and then kind of the semester will kind of you know start to kind of alleviate itself. But uh, how are things going for you, man? It's going all right. You know, we're hanging in there. The weather is kind of horrible right now with all the snow, so that's always tough. But at the end of the day, it is what it is, and that's what you've come to expect here. You know, in Michigan in February and January, so can't let it get you down. Yeah, that's that's totally true. Um, I, I know it seems like anytime you want to go do something, um, you know, the, the weather just doesn't seem to cooperate. Um, you know, we've had a couple of uh, trips to cover some games that have been uh, shut down because of because uh, of the bad weather. Um, I think Christian remembers that Michigan game, the um, women's basketball opener at Michigan. We were going to go down to Ann Arbor the day before Thanksgiving and the weather turned really bad. So we didn't end up going, but that's all right. And like I said, along with us in the Zoom call, uh, fellow staff reporter Mitch Vosberg. Mitch, first of all, thanks for joining the show, man. And uh, second of all, how are things going for you? Boys, it's great to be on here, Maroon and Bold. I believe it's my debut. If not, I'm sorry I misspoken in the maybe episode before, but. Hey, you know, the wind's howling, the snow on the ground. It's really February. I want to strap on the pads and play some football, but, you know, my time has come. Other than that, you know, hey, it's a great day to be alive, great day to wake up, and uh, can't wait to talk some, can't wait to talk some, uh, some senior sports here with you boys. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, thanks for thanks for joining on, man. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, we got, we got a lot to talk about, actually. Um, so we'll start real quick. Uh, we'll get right into kind of some of the news around CMU. Um, yeah, like I said, we'll just kind of get right into it. Um, CMU Volleyball picking up a very impressive and much needed sweep or weekend sweep of um, Northern Illinois this, this past weekend in McGurk. Um, Chippewas earning a five-set victory over the Huskies on Thursday, and then and then a four-set victory over the Huskies on Friday. You know, that's we we kind of talked about it last week, real quick, but um, kind of that offensive prowess that that CMU needs to find, and, and Mike Golick talked about it. Um, seems like that they, that they've been able to kind of figure it out. They'll be without Kalina Smith for the rest of the season. Uh, she has ended her volleyball career due to a shoulder injury as she announced on her Instagram. Um, so th- that'll be interesting to see um, how they figure out a way to replace that uh, offensive. I don't, I don't want to say genius, but that, that offensive power that, that she brings Um so it'll, it'll be interesting to see that um, volleyball team at Western Michigan next weekend uh, should be a, a good matchup uh, between 
the Chippewas and Broncos. It always is, uh, especially in Kalamazoo. And we'll, we'll get into another matchup between CMU and Western and Reed Fieldhouse, but uh, in a different sport. But, yep, volleyball on the road down to Kalamazoo next Thursday and Friday. Also, the CMU gymnastics team picking up its first win of the season. And quite frankly, that's probably the most dominant win I, I've seen uh, in, in my, uh, well, three years of being, um, I guess, aware of the program, I guess, since I've been here at CMU. Um, a 195.050 to 179.250 victory over Bowling Green. Yeah, I see Mitch's eyebrows going like through his hat almost. And and yeah, that's um to say that's dominant, I think is an understatement. And I get it, you know, Bowling Green was a little eh, lacking of depth. That happens, understandable. Um, they only had four scores count for the for the floor exercise. And those scores weren't necessarily the best. Uh, I think I saw like an eight six from one of their one of their gymnasts. But uh, anyway, uh, good for CMU to step up to the plate and and go on and, and take a dominant victory. Um, home opener Thursday at two p.m. against Northern Illinois. Uh, it'll be interesting to I, I see. I feel like I said it every about everything I talk about. It's, it's all interesting stuff. It's all good stuff, but um, anxious to see how, how the team performs at home. Uh, it's one of three home meets. Um, and that wraps up with a, a quad on March 13th uh, against Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan, and Ball State. Two of those teams have already beaten CMU at their home gym. Uh, Ball State winning in the season opener and then Western Michigan winning in the second weekend. Um, so, three matches in three three meets in McGurk for the gymnastics team, and first one is Thursday, February eleventh, two p.m. against Northern Illinois. Uh, I did. I also did see that the wrestling team picked up a win on Friday. Let me just double check who that was against. I, I know it wasn't Buffalo. I want to say it was Cleveland State. It was Cleveland State. Good stuff. Thank you, sir. See? Mitch knows what's going on. Yep, a 21-15 win over Cleveland State. Bonus points were the key to that victory. Um, looked like Drew Hildebrandt was big for the Chippewas in the, the opener of that, of that meet again. Um, so we're recording this on Sunday. Um, before the Super Bowl, um, so we probably won't be able to talk much. If you want to hear all of our Super Bowl talk, you can go uh, back to last week's show. Um, all of our Super Bowl talk is there. Um, but the wrestling team is in is in Buffalo for a try against Edinburgh and the Bulls. And then that that, according to the schedule as it sits right now, that is the last competition for the regular season. The MAC championships are set for February 27th and 28th in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. And then the NCAA championships are March 18th from the 20th in St. Louis, Missouri. So 
not a not a ton of time left for the Chippewa wrestlers, but there could you know there's a couple of weeks in between competitions, so they might be able to go ahead and schedule um, one last one last meet. I did talk to Tom Borelli um, about possibly rescheduling or adding anything, and and he said that you know it's not out out of the realm of possibility, but it's it's going to be really tough to do just to get the facilities. Um, and to get officials, to get everything that you need for, for competition, uh, especially now with, with everything, um, with, with a couple of additional sports going on. Um, he, he said that the ability to reschedule is going to be even tougher than it normally is. So with that, I think that's enough um, from me for now. I guess um, covers all of our CMU sports except for a couple, and we'll get right into it with um, women's basketball picking up a significant yet strange we strange win. Almost said weird, strange weird. Um, yeah, a, a big win on Saturday against Western Michigan in Reed Fieldhouse. Um, Although it was only a three-point win over a lowly Broncos team. Christian, I'm going to start with you. Um, Women's team needing to find some contributors other than Michaela Kelly and Molly Davis. Yeah, big time. Uh, You know, we don't know how long Kira Bustle will be out. I don't know if that was clarified at all yesterday, Uh, but she not having her is going to hurt and she's been struggling when she was in the lineup. So you're right. It's all about finding that depth and that consistency and maybe getting another performer off the bench. Like we talked about last week. Uh, But, and, and, but then again, the pieces are all there. I mean, Maddie waters can give you 15 on a good night because she's such a good shooter. It's just a matter of her being more assertive and taking more shots and trying to create more opportunities for herself. I mean, everybody knows how good of a passer she is. But, you know, when you need that scoring depth, maybe it's time for him to, or for her, excuse me, to start creating for herself. So it'd be interesting to see how they go about finding that, that extra piece. And, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to have to do it rather quickly because, I mean, there's not necessarily a future that I envision where they don't go to Cleveland, but you could be looking at them in the bottom half of the tournament seedings and nobody really wants to be there. Yeah. I mean, I'm right there with you. I mean, I, I went went on Periscope yesterday, and if you joined, thank you for that. If if you didn't, I don't blame you. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, look, I'm right there with you. I don't see a way they don't go to Cleveland. That's kind of it's almost asinine to think that they don't. Um, but you know, anything can happen. I mean, we're we're a month away from the end of the regular season, so it it, it totally could happen. I don't think it's going to. I don't think Heather Osterley would let that happen. I don't think I don't think any of those players would let that happen. Um <laughs> but but look, it, it and I kind of said it yesterday and I'm re- again, it, you, you got to have somebody step up. I mean, you have Jahari Smith, you know, cracking double digits. But then Molly Davis has 5 points in the first half and you're down at halftime. And she goes out and scores 22 in the second half. That's 
ridiculous. You have you have Michaela Kelly scoring twenty, and 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 both and both of them played. Well, I know Molly. I know Davis played at least. Well, she played all forty minutes, and I think I think Kelly did too. You can't have that. You you, you need you you need a you need a guard. You need Sofia Karasinski. You you need Callie Martinez. You need um you need Anika Weeks to to and Anika Weeks can play both. She can she's a a two way player, so she can play you know a four. She can play a four or a three um, if if you need. But you, you got to figure something out to take the pressure off the guard. So then if they're, you know, if they go cold, I mean, Michaela Kelly was 0 for 6 from 3 yesterday, Saturday, excuse I always do that. But anyway, uh, but she, she, I think, ended up making like, she's like 13 of 20 from, from the field or something ridiculously good like that. No, that doesn't make sense. That wouldn't add up. I don't know. I don't remember my numbers off the top of my head, but, um, but you know, a, a cold shooting day, it'll end up being, it'll end up being a struggle, and and you're 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 going to get smoked in Cleveland if you do that. So you you got to find some contributors to step up to the plate and and find a way to do it. And I I think um, you know Heather Osley keeps talking about it, and I think she's going to do it. I think she's going to find a way to push some of the younger players, some of the, some of the bench players, role players, whatever, you know, however, however you want, you want to go about that. She's going to find a way to, to, to push them and, and, and get them to contribute. So then they can have success in Cleveland. Cause I don't think central Michigan wants to see another struggle like, like they had. in I guess last year when they got beat by Toledo and the year before that, when, you know, they barely got by Eastern Michigan, they, you know, sailed through the, the quarterfinal and then they get to the semifinal and, and, and lose a heartbreaker to Buffalo. So, yeah, I think, I think you're going to see it and it's going to have to happen. Like Christian said, it's going to have to happen quickly, but, um, you know, just, thinking about it, how, how important are the next couple of games um, in your opinion for this team, Christian? Well, they're very important. They're against good teams. I mean, you've got Kent State coming in on Saturday. They're back and they're playing now again. You've got uh, Bowling Green coming up too. And Northern Illinois is making a run now to where they're in the top three of the standings. And that's the that's your last game of the year. And we're not too far out from that. So, You've got a lot of good teams that you're going to have to get through. I know that they've got another one with Toledo. Um, I'm trying to get through who the re- – I think Miami of Ohio is this Wednesday. Yes, yes, yes. So, again, you're not going to face any any slouches for opponents. The The conference is already really good, and, you know, they've gotten – it seems like every year the, another team gets better. I mean, this year it's been Bowling Green, and Kent State's been really good as well, so – a lot of good teams, a lot of quality opponents, and no game is going to be easy for this group. And they're going to have to put together some good performances if they want to win these games. Yeah, absolutely. And like Christian said, um, CMU on the road to Miami next week in Oxford, or on Wednesday in Oxford. And then they'll be at home against Kent State on Saturday, 1 p.m. in McGurk. Uh, 
and then on the road again the following Wednesday at Bowling Green, and then an absolute showdown um, on the 24th against Toledo. That is going to be um, it's going to be a pretty dynamite game, really. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and then you're you're really rounding rounding third, so to speak, uh, heading home. March 6th, the, like Christian said, March 6th is the finale against Northern Illinois in McGurk Arena. That one is going to be um, very important for seeding. And, you know, depending on how these games fall, you know, we, we could be talking about a berth into Cleveland if, if CMU finds a, somehow struggles the rest of the way. I don't think it'll happen, but we'll see what happens. I'm intrigued to see how it goes. Now we'll look. Pandemic season is is tough for everyone. I get it. No no one is immune to trouble in terms of, you know, COVID can seep its way, you know, you're isolated from your friends, you can't see your family. You know, I I would be I don't know how I would be. So I do want to preface our next our next part of the conversation and really th- this entire season with I don't know how much of a struggle it is so I I, I will uh, you know applaud players coaches staff for doing what they need to do so they can play I will 100% I will preface this with with that so with that in mind um you know, we will talk about what's going on on the court with the CMU men's team. Not, it's it's not good, uh, <laughs> to say the least. Chippewas lose on Saturday at home against Western Michigan. Um, <laughs> Mitch, I I I like the, uh, the the lead in your story when you flashed back to. Um, Marcus Keene hitting that hitting hitting at three pointer with like three seconds left, and it was almost almost three years to the day. I think it was Thursday that we saw that video surface up um, on Twitter a couple a couple of different times, um, and then Western does almost the same exact thing um, in the, that very same building just a couple of years later. Um, so let's start there. Um, really, give me kind of the rundown. What what happened against the Broncos? Because um, that was a heartbreaker. Yeah, I think heartbreaker is the right word for that. And just for clarification, that was four years ago, not three, because I'm really iffy on details for some weird reason. But uh, it took about 30 minutes for CMU to score their first three-point attempt, which in the Keelan Davis era seems somewhat unheard of. But I think all their points in the first half came from free throws or inside the paint, which, again, from a Keno Davis team is, I think, a bit uncharacteristic. But Western found their three-point stroke early in the second half, and then Central was able to force a couple turnovers and get the game tied, and they went back and forth, back and forth, turnover basket, turnover basket, back and forth, back and forth, down to the wire. And then... Right in front of me, basically, Greg Lee from Western Michigan with two guys in his face, leans back, takes about like a 12-foot jumper and just drains it with like 1.7 on the scoreboard. And 
honestly, I could just feel the energy. I feel like what should have been the energy in the crowd, Bob's because of COVID, he can't have fans in there. But I just see, as a sports fan, you know when your team is doing really well, and then there's like, right then they lose a play at the very last second, that sinking stomach feeling happens inside you. That's exactly how I felt watching that game yesterday. It was the most competitive 40 minutes like I've seen them play all year, which I think is a step in the right direction. They were without Devontae Lane, whose injury, Keno told me, was day-to-day. So we'll see how that goes. He had no clue about how long the injury will be. But at the same time, um, there are some things about that game you can take away and like. There are some things, obviously, um, you lose the season series, the season series to Western for the first time since 2015-16. And Western's got our first-year coach, and they have now won Two in a row, Western starting to get some momentum, and now the chip loss dropped three back to Ball State for the eighth spot in the MAC with nine games left. So, uh, you know, there was a lot of good for that, that game, but also um, definitely some bad you can take away with it too. Yeah, and 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 that was kind of where, where I was going to go next. I mean, they're they're three games out with only a handful of games left. And and really, all of those games are okay. Every every game is huge. I get it. It's college basketball. There's there's never a you know a game that's not important. I understand. Don't don't hit my mentions. Well, people don't hit my mentions anyway. But don't hit my mentions with oh he he's saying that these games aren't important. <laughs> Come on now. But really, this this week Tuesday. And I think this podcast is coming out on Tuesday, so tonight, whatever, Tuesday, um, Ball State coming into McGurk Arena, is CMU needs that game. And then Friday against Buffalo, that one's going to be on CBS Sports Network, so national TV for, for anyone that's excited about that. Um, that's another game that CMU has to have. If if you don't have if you don't win those two games, you can pretty much you know play for next season after that. I think. I mean, because you, you, if you if you look at the standings, if you look at the standings, which we started including the standings at the end of our game stories, so be sure to check those out. Um, but looking at it, Ball State is five and six in the conference. Buffalo is six and four. CMU is. Two and nine in in MAC play. Both of those wins against Eastern Michigan, actually, um, and pretty dominant wins too. Um, so that that you like to see that when you're dominating your one of your in-state rivals, but need to find a way to beat up on your other one, or just beat your other one. I think what helps with this run of schedule, though, like you mentioned, these teams be important. These nine are important because a you need to try and get in MAC, but b you have two against Northern Illinois, two against Ball State. You still have two against Buffalo, and you got Toledo, Ohio, and Miami of Ohio left. Those are all teams that you need – those are all teams that are within striking distance to try and get into this tournament. Okay, Toledo is obviously the top seed. Probably not going to flirt with that one seed at all at this point. But these are all teams that if you can get wins, you know, this, these are the games you get to try and make up ground, which, like you mentioned, the start of the subject, you know, like, Every game is important. Well, when you're three games back with nine to go and you're playing teams that you're looking up at and trying to climb and kind of knock them down a pick or two, these games have so much more value. So much more value 
as opposed to maybe playing them in December. Right. Well, I mean, you talk about the one seed. I don't really give it, you know, people don't give a shit about the one seed at this point. It's can you get to Cleveland? Can you get the eight seed? It doesn't, as long as you get the eight seed, it does, as long as you get to Cleveland, it doesn't matter what seed you are. I mean, let's face it. I mean, you, I think we actually talked about it earlier in the week, the, the three of us. If you're gonna if you're gonna have any sort of chance to win the Mac, <laughs> you're you're gonna have to beat the best team. So it doesn't matter what seed seed you end up taking, but and and against some of that top competition, you look at the the top of the standings and CMU has not fared very well against we'll call it the top four teams in the conference. But yeah, I mean, if you're looking at it. And I know that the divisions were kind of were eliminated, but you have, like Mitch said, you have two against Buffalo from the East, but you mainly, and you have one against Ohio, but mainly your remaining games are against Western Division opponents, opponents you're familiar, really familiar with, because you were guaranteed two games uh, a year with those teams last year. Obviously, now you're going to play everyone. Well, I guess at least once. We don't know what the uh, some of these rescheduled games are going to look like. Um, there's not a lot of time left to to get those games rescheduled, and Ohio has already postponed the game on February 16th. So we're talking over a week away. Uh, so you're going to have to find a way to to reschedule these games. You're going to have to play a lot of games to get them all to get them all in. Um, so good luck with that, but, but yeah, like you said, two at ball state, that that's going to be huge. You, you gotta, you gotta at least hold, you gotta at least hold home court if against ball state, if you hope to have that and, and probably the same against Buffalo, like you, you have to win in McGurk because winning, winning at Buffalo is always one of the toughest things to do and, and winning at ball state. Um, I mean, I don't have the series history off the top of my head, but you know, it's winning on the road is is one of the biggest challenges. Um, you know, especially toward the end of the regular season, and especially if teams are able to to have some fans, be it just parents, be it just you know a handful. Western had had some fans in in Reed Fieldhouse, which is odd that Western can have fans, but Central is is not allowing fans, um, and that's not a a Criticism, I think it's actually probably pretty smart uh, with the new variant going around. Um, probably a pretty smart thing for CMU to do that. But what, need, Mitch, in, in your opinion, man, what, what needs to happen for CMU? To, again, I don't really care about the one seed. That's not... <laughs> You know, obviously, hey, one seed, hey, great. But you're, I mean, they're so far out of that, and there's not enough time for that. But what does CMU need to do to find its way to Cleveland? They have to figure out a way to play a full 40 minutes by Monday afternoon, in my opinion. I mean, obviously, this is coming out on Tuesday, so obviously, they need to figure out how to play a full 40 yesterday, essentially. Um, their problem is, and they've, you know, I've talked to players and coaches and stuff. It's like, when things go well, like they're fine, they're rolling. We saw against Eastern, 
when they get in those weird stretches where they start to build, like commit a couple turnovers, you know, get a little cold streak, you know, their heads kind of sink and just things go from bad to worse quickly. Yesterday, yesterday's games against Western, I think we saw that, you know, they could hang in with somebody, that they could play a competitive 40 minutes down to nine guys, which, by the way, talking to Keno, apparently they practiced all week with nine guys for that Western game because Demonte Lane is out, Andre Polk is out. They have some other guys injured, banked up too. So trying to get a full practice and trying to get experience, like Keno puts it, uh, becomes very difficult. Um, that being said, though, um, you know, Mikhail Murray and Javon Broadway, if they can each put up at least 15 points, they'll have a fighting shot. I think Malik Muhammad has settled very well into a similar role Ron Montgomery has had, except not as much shooting from the outside, but probably more inside presence. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, um, as Al Davis would put it, you just win. Just win, baby. Just win. You, you have to figure out a way. You just have to figure out a way to scrap out this game Tuesday with Ball State and go from there. It's got to be one game at a time. Can't be looking too far ahead, trying to see how can we win all nine games. It all starts with how can you win Tuesday against Ball State. If that's a win, you can try and build off that. If you don't win and you're walking to Buffalo, now you're four games back with eight to go. You know, I mentioned this after the game, too, in my post-game video. I'm not going to rule them out making Mac tournament. There's still a lot of basketball to be played, and when you see with sports, anything can happen. However, I will say that the margin for error for CMU men's, hoop right now, men's hoops right now is razor thin. They literally cannot afford, you know, so they can't afford to lose a game. They can't afford to be outscored, you know, 12 to four in the last two minutes. They can't afford to, you know, not play a complete 40 minutes. They have to take these nine next nine games, one game at a time, find ways to beat the opponent in front of them. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. I know Kino was very hopeful about this team being, uh, being a, Good team this year, but he also knows next year maybe be a better year. I'm, my guess right now is we'll see next year CMU hopefully finding better success. I feel this race is what's going to go down to, but I can't rule out somehow they make a run here. Uh, is it likely? I'm going to assume no at this point, but, you know, I've been wrong so many times before. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? He's saying they need to find a way to play complete 40 minutes yesterday. We probably could have said that about three or four weeks ago. Um, <laughs> I, I, I chuckled. I chuckled when you, when, when you said it. Just the way that it came out was, was really funny. Um, but, but in all honesty, I mean, you know, like you said, there's still a lot of, lot of game left, man. A lot, lot, of, lot of basketball to play, but I don't see it happening. I, I just don't. I, I want to uh, add, add one thing really quickly. Um, the one bugaboo I have with Keno mentioning too, he mentions the keep need to be healthy. He keeps mentioning though know, getting Andre Polk back would be huge. You know, because obviously he's a tech, six ten freshman, he's kind of starting center. My issue is he keeps saying that. He told me a while ago day to day. It's been like a month and a half now. I don't know what's going on, and everyone will find out what's going on. My only issue is I mentioned this about a week or two ago. If he gets back in the lineup, the way he's been talking him up, that is a lot of pressure to put on an 18, 19 year old kid to all of a sudden just feel like, okay, he's back, you know, problems are solved. Like, no, that's not how this works. Um, I just want to throw that real quick. Um, yeah. I just want to throw that just for a, uh, just for comment. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I've always had a real problem with saying that about anybody. I mean, unless they're, you know, LeBron James or um, Michael Jordan or some, you know, somebody of similar nature. I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm with you. It's a little bit of a bugaboo when you're talking about that in college basketball. I get it. He's very, you know, he's very talented. Um, and he, he has been a difference maker for that team. But at the same time, you know, like you said, he's 19 or 20 or 18, 19 years old. Um, his first experiment experience in college basketball. And he's already having that expectation of, Oh, he, he's back. He's going to play. All right, cool. Well, we're going to win. And if you don't, then that's a lot of disappointment, um, you know, on, on his shoulders. I don't know. I don't know how, 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 how he feels about it. So I'm not going to, you know, offer too much more into it, but I, I, you know, would agree with that. Hey, CB, what, what, what do you, what do you think about the men's team? I know you haven't necessarily covered them all that much. Uh, been around that team very much, but but give, what, what are some what are, what are some of your thoughts? What are some some of your thoughts on this? Yeah, I just think they lack you know they lack that cohesiveness that all the good teams have. Uh, at the beginning of the year, they had trouble finding a go-to guy. I think they found that with Trevon Broadway now. Um, they're just not you know you can't you we've been talking this whole episode about playing forty minutes of basketball. But when you're not cohesive and you're not together, it's it's tough to, to play that long together and, and put together a quality effort for that long when you're not really connected. So I think as the season progresses, you might see that get a little bit better. But at the end of the day, you know, when you're bringing in patchwork guys from all over the country on two-year contracts, basically, you, you, it takes you this long to build that cohesiveness and it takes you this long to get connected and you know, next year, what's it going to be like? Because you're probably going to get everyone back. They haven't signed anybody in recruiting. So it could be, I mean, I'd say right now it's very possible that the product that takes the floor this season is the same exact one you get next year. Is that a finished product? Do we think far from it? Yeah, I yeah, you know, they'll need to work out some of the internal stuff, but you know, it, 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 they could be a pre- they could be a pretty solid team, but that cohesiveness you can't build that in just, you know, 2 years time. You got you got kind of lucky with, you know, some of the, the guards that you were able, able to bring in with with Sean Roundtree, Larry Austin. I mean, hell, you could even argue Dallas Morgan. I know he's not a guard, but also Rob Montgomery, you know, some of the some of the big stars that you've seen in the last couple of years, but yeah. Uh, yeah. That cohesiveness, you, you can't, you can't manufacture that. Um, you know, like I said, you got lucky because you have really likable guys with Roundtree and, and, and Larry Austin and those two just meshed together really well. The one year that they played um, in the CMU backcourt together. So Eh, I'm I'm very intrigued with this last month of the regular season to see if CMU can find some kind of manufactured cohesiveness. And I know I know I just said you you really can't 
I'm I'm sticking with that. But if they can manufacture it, they might be able to make a run. I think that's the only way they 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 can do it is if they're able to pick each other up when they're down instead of, you know, oh man, you know, we we just got you know smoked on us on a six or we got smoked on a seven zero run. Oh, oh well, game's over. I think you started to see it a little bit with Western, but again, Western is isn't you know the bubs of of the Mac. So you really need to you know see a turnaround with that. Mitch, any final thoughts on uh, on the men's team? Oh, on the spot here. Um, I will mention one thing about Kino. Uh, he keeps mentioning the fact that you know he feels optimistic about this group long term because he's going to get all these guys back because this year's eligibility doesn't count. Um, agree with this assessment. Uh, I will also add though that every team in the nation also gets that nice little caveat. So when Christian mentioned about the team we seen this year having to be the same team next year, um, yeah, I think Christian was absolutely on the on point with that one. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens here down these next uh, nine games. I'm excited. Uh, keep track of me during the games at Real Mitch Vieberg. Uh, shame free plug there, but. Uh, you know, I'm just excited to uh, be able to watch some college basketball. And before I forget, um, I know we are in the global pandemic and everything, but the game against Western Saturday, that was a game that needed fans in there. That was a game that, you know, if there was about – if McGurk was at full capacity and got about 3,000 fans in there, that game would have – that would have been an instant classic. Obviously, one of worked in Central's favor at the end of the day, but that would have been a game that I think a lot of people on this campus remember for a very long time. Yeah. And and that's something else too is, you know, like I said, it's it's probably for the best right now that CMU isn't hosting fans because of the COVID variant or, you know, whatever you want to, you know, how whatever your thoughts on it aside. I at the end of the day, I think it's probably the safest thing. You know, I don't like it. I don't, you know, I don't like not having fans. No one, no, everyone wants fans. Um, and you know, there's, I, I won't go too much into the, the, the COVID piece of it. Cause I know a lot of people, um, have, have some very polarizing thoughts on it, which is bizarre to me, but, um, I I'm ready for the day that there can be fans. And, and like you said, I mean, most, most men's games don't go to full capacity anyway. And quite, you know, that arena very rarely is full capacity. I mean, the last time I could think of it being completely full was, was um, probably the Marcus Keene days really. in that, in that game that we talked about against Western uh, four years ago, thanks for that, Mitch. Um, you know, we saw, I, you know, we saw videos all over Twitter um, of that game winning shot. And that place went berserk, berserk and McGurk. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm getting a lot of head shakes. I know. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just ready for the day that we can have some fans and, you know, have a couple hundred or even a couple thousand fans, um, back in McGurk's it's, it is weird in there without anyone, you know, the six man band, I'll be honest with you. In a couple of basketball games that I've I've been at this year, I have really missed the six man band. The those guys and girl, those guys and gals do a phenomenal job each and every night. Um, 
and yeah, the sorely missed in, in my opinion. Um, so hopefully, hopefully we can get to a point, um, you know, maybe in, in the fall for the football season that we can have Kelly shorts, um, you know, at capacity, if capacity, whatever. Um, and then you can have a couple thousand fans in the six man band back in McGurk, uh, come next basketball season. So, um, yeah, like I said, we, we miss you. Hopefully, you know, obviously we can still interact on social media and stuff, but definitely miss seeing you guys around, around McGurk arena. So, um, with that kind of my, my sappy ending there, uh, either you guys got anything, anything you want to add anything at all? Um, thanks boys for having me on today. This was uh, actually uh, a lot of fun to do on a, uh, a cold day like this, get the morning started. So, um, appreciate you guys having me on a uh, quick shameless plug here. Thursdays at uh, about two, 3 PM on sports, conduct, uh, seem life's exclusive, uh, sports talk outside the CMU realm. Obviously keep listening to this podcast. If you do, if you enjoy it, obviously share with your friends, your family, your dog, your dog's friends, all that jazz. Share all these podcasts. All right. We're all a bunch of college kids. Just trying to do the best we can do to get where we want to be in life. Your support means the world to us. And uh, yeah, thanks again for having me on. For sure. Uh, before I, I, I plug everything, Christian, you got anything else that uh, that you want to add? I can't see you because Mitch is on my screen right now. No, sir. All right. Well, great. And, and Mitch, uh, thank you very much for popping on to the show. I really appreciate it. Um, and like I said, recording this on Sunday, so um, I hear you're you're putting together some uh, a pretty nice spread uh, for uh, you and your uh, you and your roommate for uh, Super Bowl celebrations. Obviously, doing it safely. Um, you know, we're not going anywhere or doing anything. Um, you know, intermixing households or whatever the language is. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I really appreciate you taking some time uh, popping on here. This was a lot of fun. Uh, and yes, Unsportsmanlike Conduct is back. It is the pro sports show where Mitch and Christian talk and you guys listen. Um, other than that, yeah, uh, like I always say, be sure to follow all of our podcasts at Central Michigan Life. We have, I think, five different podcasts now. Um, but yeah, there, you know, we, a lot of great insight, a lot of great conversation. Uh, among our our CM Life staffers, uh, we're also ramping up our our video program, so you can watch a lot of uh, good CM Life video programming. I know I said program and programming in the same sentence. Sorry, um, but yeah, yeah, and like Mitch said, you can follow him on Twitter. You can follow Christian on, on Twitter at cboor underscore. You can follow me on Twitter at Chastain AJ. Follow our entire sports department at CM Life Sports on Twitter at CM Life on Twitter the main the main the main stage. Uh, follow Central Michigan Life on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at CM Life Video, um, which you should be able to see right below us if you're watching this on on YouTube. Uh, like I said, lots of new video product on the way, um, and always. 
Make sure you tune in with us at cm-life.com for all of your Chippewa coverage as we are, like I said before, we're rounding third, heading down the home stretch towards March. And we're really excited to bring it to you. So make sure you follow along with us. For Christian, for Mitch, our podcast editor, Ben Ackley, I'm sports editor Austin Chastain signing off till we meet again.